Hello and welcome to Sagas of Sheepest. I'm Emily. And I'm Gemma. Um, as it's been three months since our last Roundup podcast, we thought it was time we had one. And for the first time ever, we're joined by a special guest, my sister Jessica. Hello, everyone. So before we get started on our Roundup, our special guest has some questions for us. So over to you, Jessica. Thank you for that. What made you start Sagas of She? Seemed like a good idea at the time. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I'd been working at Bordy and I was talking to you about the WAF stuff and how they got like no recognition. And then we ended up on a bit of a rant. I think that's very common for you two to end up on a rant. Yeah. It happens a lot. Sad. I it really does. Yeah, I remember because we you were ranting about it and then it just kind of seemed like a good idea at the time although it's grown so much it's hard to believe that it's all come from that one conversation because at first it was just going to be a blog and now suddenly it's a blog a website a podcast and 1100 other things yeah but yeah I think it, it definitely came about through frustration yeah I think that's a thing and I don't think we're the only people that are like, frustrated with it either no, I think there's a lot of people in the world that would be frustrated with the fact that women haven't been recognised in the past. Okay, so how did you come up with the name Sagas of She? <laughs> lots and lots of WhatsApp messages. I think it was kind of a an amalgamation of... We, we both liked sagas because we, we both really like Norse mythology and obviously sagas is from Norse mythology. And then I think we went through several different ideas and just... Sagas of Sheikh. I can't remember which one of us suggested it. I don't even remember. No, like, and then we were just like, Do you know, actually, I really like that. We went we just kind of stuck. Then. We did. I think we went through things like sagas of women or women's sagas and, and different things like that. Yeah. Once we kind of settled on the, the having sagas in the name, that kind of stuck, and then we're adding lots of other bits. But Sagas of Sheikh just kind of clicked instantly. Well, that's all right then, because it is a good name, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> How did you pick your logo? I'll let you answer this one as you made it. So, like with the name, we tried lots of different things. And then, because both really like Greek mythology, we kind of had this conversation of, well, should we have, you know, one of the Greek goddesses? And then we came up with the idea of using their symbols instead. So, obviously, the shield is Athena's shield, and the arrows are Artemis' arrow. Nobody could ever accuse us of being nerds. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it looks good though, especially with our marble background, like to keep in with the kind of classical Greek theme, which is a bit odd as our name is from Norse mythology, but you know. We're a mixed We are a mixed match. You two definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> Not really sure how to take that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> ignore any insult. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be I, It wasn't an insult, it, to be fair, it wasn't an insult. It was just you two are very different, but you do make it work. Why do you change the theme each month? Because we have, a, like, our, our list of things and women we want to look at is ridiculous. And so when we decided on the blog, we decided that, we, I think actually it was one of our really early decisions was to change it monthly and have specific topics each month it just meant that we could really narrow down who we wanted to look at but also with the idea that if we found more than one that we wanted or more than two that we wanted to look at 
we could then come back to it as a topic as well later on definitely also i think having the theme helps because as i said we there are hundreds of women on my list that i want to look at but having the theme kind of keeps me on track yeah i suspect there's many many women out there that you, you have wanted to look at and you've found even probably when you've been looking at other women and you've come across different ones that you've wanted to look at and i suppose it keeps you both looking at just those particular ones so that you don't come off track from them i wouldn't say we're great at staying on track mm. to be honest our, our topics tend to change frequently but i think you're right the more you look into women's history the more you find other women you want to look at it's definitely been my experience anyway yeah i have the same problem like i was joking the other day that my phone is filled of with pictures of women that I want to look at. It's like I'm just taking like screenshots of different women. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And like my friends send me stuff. Like I sent you that picture of one where my friends that she's gone to Scotland, and she's like, oh, I saw this and thought of you. <laughs> so it's just really strange how you end up finding more and more. Yeah, definitely. How do you pick your theme each month? Uh, close our eyes and just put our, f- our finger down on the list is it just hope for the best <laughs> oh no no we, we have a list and we have a schedule but we do tend to change it and it also depends if there's anniversaries or something coming up that we want to get our posts to tie in with yeah we've had a couple of shuffle rounds over the last like two months haven't we yeah it also depends what we're doing for podcasts as well doesn't it so it's going to sound lazy, but then it's like less stuff that we have to do. Is it lazy though? I mean, we put out minimum three podcasts a month, four posts, and two historic housewives. That's a minimum each month. Yeah, that's true. It's not really lazy. Like we put out a lot of content. And also when, yeah. when we first wrote our list and we picked what we were going to look at each month, it was just a blog. Yeah. Like a lot of them, were, we were just thinking of writing the blog. And then obviously we've evolved it into the podcast and, and other things. So we've changed it around so it ties in or it can be used for separate things. Yeah. No, and the list isn't small. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've got enough planned for like the next year. Do you ever disagree? Not yet. <laughs> we've had like different no. but it's never like a disagreement, is it? Just have a chat. Pretty much. I think it helps that there's quite a lot of give and take. Like, that definitely helps. So I, I respect your ideas and you respect mine. And we work quite well together. Yeah. Oh, I'm mostly, like, on the same wavelength as stuff anyway. It's always helpful. Yeah. And also, I think we come at things from such different angles that it works because we don't trip over each other. Yeah. How do you decide who to write about? Um, so for me, I tend to have a read around the topic. So say like this month was women in crime. So I'll do a bit of background reading on the topic and then I'll pick out a couple who are, who have stories who I think are, are interesting. And some months you've already got the people you want to write about in mind. And so that's always quite nice. But then there'll be another month where you've got to start from scratch. And although that's always challenging, I tend to enjoy those months more. But that might just be me. 
Yeah. For Women in Crime Month, I was able to get my blog post ideas from previous podcasts. So two came from, I think it was the Women in Science podcast, and my third woman came from the Whitechapel Murders podcast. It was kind of nice having it all set out and ready, so I knew that I'd done a bit of research around them anyway, and I didn't really have to start from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I had three blog posts uh, for the Women in Religion Month. I ended up with three, well, and plus our joint Easter posts. Mm. And one of those was my um, Women in the Crusades post, which I think came in at a, over, I guess about seven or 8,000 words in the end. That was after you cut it down from being dissertation month. Oh, yeah, yeah. At one point, it was about 12,000 words long. I got a bit carried away. But I think we always try and come at it when we've got a bit of an idea. Or it, sometimes the themes come about because we found someone we want to write about, so then the whole month is, like, revolved around them. Yeah. That's the thing. When we write our list of who we want to write about, we normally have one or two that <clears> would fit into that month. I think that kind of helps with a little bit as well. And sometimes you come across somebody who could fit in two or three months, so you kind of do the research and keep that in your back pocket for future. Yeah, I suspect you to have come across a variety of women that you've been interested in to write about, but you haven't been able to due to the fact that it's not the topic you're discussing for that month. Happens a lot. Or it'll be like, oh, I found this person. I'm not particularly interested, but you might enjoy writing about her because we have different interests so sometimes it'll be I found this but this story but it doesn't really interest me do you want to have a look at it like I think mm. um you sent me the uh, book on Ethelfled have you ever wanted to write about the same person no not yet I think it helps that um we like different aspects of history so yeah. even if even if the theme it's quite narrow we tend to look at it from a broad I, I tend to come at it as a historian whereas you tend to commit as an archaeologist and somebody who's interested in WAF history yeah I think the closest we've come to wanting to write about the same person is a month that's coming up about ancient Egypt yes that's although I've got the extra post so I should get to go first but that's the closest that we've come isn't it it's, and even then that was more of a discussion of actually you want to look at these people and I was like okay well I want to look at these people yeah so. I think if we did end up wanting to write about the same person I feel like we could collaborate but I feel like it would even if we both wrote about the same person it would end up being different mm. because we write differently and we we look at different aspects of the stories does that make yeah. sense like our um our women in religion one for Easter that came together pretty well yeah, I was worried about that because we have really different writing styles. I don't know if that comes across when people read the posts. How long does it take you to write your posts? That depends, for me anyway, it depends how much information there is, what else is going on, and if I'm enjoying it. Also, if, if it's quite dark, sometimes it takes longer. So, for example, my Women in Crusades post was probably one of, well, it's probably the longest post I've written. I wrote that, I did the research, which took about a week and a half, and then I wrote that in a, two days, maybe. Yeah. But then 
when we were writing up our murder, the Whitechapel Murders podcast, writing about the Ripper victims took me a lot longer because I had to keep stepping away from it because it was, otherwise I'd find it would get into my brain too much and I wouldn't be able to switch it off and relax at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It depends, doesn't it? It's, I think the one that probably took me the longest was my maid Jameson and Stephanie Wilson post. I love that post. Because they're not like ancient women, there's a lot of information to like try and trawl through. And there's a lot of scientific terms that I didn't understand. So I had to then go and like figure out what half the stuff that they were talking about was. Because I kind of, if I don't understand it, I can't write about it. Yeah, sometimes that can be quite frustrating. Well, that's understandable. Like, it's not like every day that you start reading, especially when it comes to like the Ripper murders, like that you're reading all the gore and horror that happened to them. And then all of a sudden you're actually reading into their lives and what they actually done on a day-to-day sort of basis. That's not what you normally hear. So I can understand how that took a toll and took like you to have time to just sort of go away and then come back to it. I don't think my dog's ever had so many walks. Mm. I'd like, I'd write a bit and then I'd be like, oh, I need to go out. So I'd make, take the dog out for a walk and then I'd come back and I'd write a bit more and I'd be like, oh, I need to go out again. When I'm researching, I, I tend to be quite distanced from it. I, t- I try and be quite academic in my approach. But for some reason, like the little things in that, like the fact that, you know, they'd have a, a jacket potato was, was the last meal or you know those little things would stay in your brain and so it was yeah they're... I couldn't be academic towards it a bit like my holocaust post they're the two posts yeah. that I've written where I've ended up having a little cry oh really don't sound so surprised I do have emotions no no I was I was it wasn't was... that it was more the fact that obviously I think because even though we read about it we haven't had the information that you've had to scroll through and get and find and then have to write it. So what we read and hear is what you've obviously presented us with, but we haven't heard everything that you've found. So I suppose we don't have that toll that you have from writing it. Mm, maybe. Have you, <clears throat> I know you said you, you found the um, Amelia Boynton, Boynton Robinson. That's it. I know you said you found that one quite emotional. Yeah, I had another little cry today about that one. It's not just me then. No, because obviously we're prepping something and we had to go through and I was going back through that article. And her, it's not even her story that upset me. It's the fact that it relates to what's happening today so much. I always worry that as time marches by, parts of history that were horrific become fun, almost like... Yeah. You think how many people the Vikings slaughtered and now we dress up as it and it's fun and there are TV shows and comics and I always worry that if we stop telling the the stories, if we stop reminding people what it's like, people will forget it, especially as the survivors, you know, die off because of their age and and things. And I think also there's been like um, a rise in Holocaust deniers in the last few years and it makes me so mad and so as much as I hate reading it and I, I don't hate that's probably not the right word but as much as it 
is traumatic to read and then to try and tell it again I think we have a duty to keep doing so because the, the thing with things like the Holocaust is the numbers are so staggeringly large that the individuals get lost in that like like with the Titanic as well I guess we think about the Titanic disaster but how many people can pick out individual stories it they get lost in this big tragedy yeah I think once you like delve into like individual stories it kind of makes something real so like you look at it from like a facts perspective until you start picking out individual stories for me I found the ones where just one member of the family survived almost harder there were there's cases obviously where like just a father's come out after losing his wife and and children and his parents and his extended family or you know one child survived out of a family of six and you you can't help but but think how would I deal with that yeah the amount of pain that they must be going through and how much they must be suffering knowing that they are the only survivor like it's a bit like in today's age like if someone goes off to war and that and they come back and they're the only survivor if they've been like a they've been hit by a bomb or something they sometimes feel like they shouldn't be alive they feel like that they should be dead with them and you've got to think maybe they feel that way and then that's a horrible feeling to think about absolutely survivor's guilt must be atrocious to live Mm. with right going off of such a sad topic i'm gonna (laughs) ask a bit more of a positive topic so who has been your favorite to write about I mean, I have a list. I mean, my one's probably my post from May on Warrior Women. I love that post. Just because I got to write about myth comics and actual um, historical figures at the same time. So that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. It's always good to see where kind of myth actually meets reality. Do the Dahomey Amazons as well. They were really interesting to look into. So you've got your warriors from um, Black Panther and they're actually based on a real tribe of women. But their story, their story was difficult to read as well, actually, because they were taken in really as a punishment for being outspoken. See, that's mad to think of in this day and age because we have such a, like women ourselves, we have such a right to say a lot of things these days and we forget you don't have to look that far back in history to see that actually women didn't have a lot of say i think that you could draw model modern parallels though because you think about it theresa may was ousted for not being able to produce a brexit deal but people still support boris johnson despite the fact his response to the covid19 pandemic has been abysmal despite the fact he said racist things homophobic things sexist things I think it's a bit yeah. different, though. It's, it's, we're it, yeah, it is. It, but we're very quickly judged on it. I think that's the difference. I still think given half a chance, they'd round up all the mouthy women and pop them in the tower. I think there's a lot of things they'd do. It's a bit like, um, I don't know if you've heard on the news recently, but there's been a study shown that in lockdown, um, women uh, workers, like as in that work for like really big fancy companies like lawyers and stuff, have been said, oh, can you make sure you dress more appropriately for yes. the sake of our company and for the sake of 
making our business stronger and things like that and there was such a massive thing about it in the news this week and it's like hang on in this day and age and everything we've gone through we've been in a pandemic and you're worried about how someone looks on a video chat well some employers still demand women wear skirts and heels don't they yeah, some of them have like height minimum on their heels as well yeah even though it's been scientifically proven that wearing high heels damages a woman's foot and ankle well and her back uh, back to favourites I think so for me I have two that really stand out first is uh, Winifred Maxwell who helped her husband escape from the Tower of London by addressing him as a woman mm. and I just think her story is fantastic because not only did she help her husband escape the Tower of London which very few people did but it's the fact that had she not done that we wouldn't know who she was she just be a footnote in history for the fact that she married a Scottish lord that's all we'd know about her so I, I love that and um obviously Ethelfled has got to be one of my favorites mainly because she looked at beehives and thought they'd make a good weapon because she um gave the order for her army to throw them over the city walls at the the attacking vikings uh, every time I think about that I picture bumblebees in suits of armor looking at battle plans not gonna lie that would be a pretty cool and interesting scene to have witnessed didn't they like <laughs> honey first like throw some honey uh, first and then throw the bees just to really warm up well i should imagine the vikings would have been quite sticky because they poured hot ale and stuff on them hadn't they previously also like i should imagine have being thrown over a wall would make a bumble i mean it would make me angry let alone bumblebees but I'm just not sure how they taught the bumblebees the difference between the good guys and the bad guys. That feels like like a change in the wind and that's going to be a really bad day. Okay then, so my next question would be, what have you been most interested in or shocked by? How many women have just been written out of the narrative? Like Einstein's first wife nobody's ever actually really looked at her, her contribution to his work and by all accounts there was an active campaign to remove any evidence that existed that she'd been involved in his work you stumbled upon her really didn't you, you were... i did yeah i wasn't actually looking that's why that was our women in science yeah. month which was a month that made me so angry because the other woman i looked at that month was uh Lise mitner so she missed out <laughs> on the on the Nobel Prize because A, she was a woman and B, she was Jewish and that just made me so angry and she spent her life feeling really guilty about not fighting harder against the Germans and it just, yeah, so many women who make these contributions and they're just ignored in favour of the, of the men and it just oh, makes me angry. How about you? I find something in each post that I'm interested by or shocked by. That's true. I don't think it's ever like one big thing that's you know done that. Okay, then if you've not been able to pinpoint them, would there be someone who you have written about who you would most like to meet? I think all of them, mm. with the exception of maybe of Izzy Borden. Maybe. So Actually, no, I think I would. Someone you wouldn't want to meet them. Any of our women in crime posts, to be quite honest. Uh, 
I don't know though because actually I think it would be quite interesting to meet them maybe not Elizabeth Halliday is that her oh, name no, no, no. Yeah. that's an upcoming post so no spoilers yeah. but yeah definitely not her but no. I think I, I've said this before I said this a couple of times so there's an episode of Doctor Who where the Doctor takes Vincent van Gogh back or brings Vincent van Gogh to the future and shows him how much we all love his paintings and I think if I had a TARDIS, I'd like to bring each of the women forward and be like, hey, look, I know it doesn't seem like you made much of a contribution, but look, you have. Well, I'd really quite like to meet Mae Jameson because she went to space and was on Star Trek. Yeah, she kind of gets bonus <laughs> points for being in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say nerdy. that was full Pepper. nerd. That was. I <laughs> <laughs> only operate at full nerd. What about you, Em? Is there someone you'd like to meet? I think I would really like to meet Boudicca. Oh, yeah. Just because there's so much we don't know about her. And there's only, like, so much archaeological evidence as to what happened. So, you know, figuring out that point that was the final straw, because there's some... I'm in an R and about whether or not her daughters were raped or not or whether that was added in by you know the romans afterwards to try and give her origin story in a way or whether you know something other had caused it whether it was um the fact that the romans were you know off killing their their druids so you would just really like to find out the actual truth of what went on with that situation yeah It'd be really cool if if we could bring them into the future. Could you imagine imagine Boudicca and Ethelfled putting their minds together? Like they would take over the country in a day. You bring the Celts, I'll bring the bees. We've got this. Surprised that the Celts didn't use bees. To be quite honest, so am I. I, I bet you there's there's got to have been an instance of that happening because bees have been important since. Oh no! Don't get me on a bee rant again. Okay, to avoid that B rant, I will ask an excellent question, which is how do you write your post if there isn't much information about the person you're you're looking at? Sometimes the fact there's no or sometimes there's the fact there's no information or very little information is interesting in itself because then you can kind of look at why there's not so much information. It doesn't make for the easiest post to write, but no. sometimes neither does having too much information actually. So yeah, a lack of information was something that was like always drilled into me during like my undergraduate as well. So it was just because you don't have information, like why don't you have information? Why is it then interesting that you don't have the information? Like what could it mean? What were the reasons that you might not have it? You know, what can you kind of figure from what you already have? I think um, as a, when I was doing my undergrad in history, we were always, it was always drummed into us, okay, this is your source, but before you start writing, who's writing it why are they writing who are they writing for if you can answer those you have to be able to answer those three questions before the source is worth anything because yes and also like so many people if you think about kind of the Tudors and things when the king could have somebody's head chopped off because they displeased them you have to remember that some sources were written to curry favor with a monarch or with a lord or there's always a bias yeah. There's always Which has a to be remembered. favourite, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, you tend to be nicer about people you like than you don't, and you have to remember that when you're looking at sources. Yeah. 
even um, if you unintentionally do it, some people don't realise until after they've written it, oh, actually, turns out I like that person more than I thought. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to kind of link that, I when I started writing my Ruth Ellis post this month, I kind of expected to find that she was a cold-blooded murderer, but by the end of it, I was angry that she was executed because this should not have happened. And I think that comes across in, in my writing. Okay then, so my next thing kind of relates to what you've just said. Do you ever get sad or angry when you're looking at someone's life? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like angry happens more often than sad. Obviously some people's stories are really upsetting, but I think we tend to get more angry about certain things, especially with how some of the women are treated. Yeah. We tend to, when we're researching, one of the, all the other us will get a WhatsApp message and it'll be like, men <laughs> something like and then a rant so that would be I'm, going back to what we were talking about earlier about how women like how we're treated even now to how we was treated probably 30 years ago yeah it's not it's not changed much in 30 years but if you go back maybe 60 years there is a lot of difference and i think that's some of what you've been saying now Yes, definitely. You can you can see little improvements, and then you'll come across something, and you'll be like, "Well, that would fly today." Like, yeah. and you you get angry at that. You get angry at the fact you're still. It, it, you get angry at the fact that in a hundred years, when somebody's writing about now, they're still going to be writing about the fact that women, you know, who spoke out against sexual predators in Hollywood, say like the Me Too movement, yeah. would not believed in favour of powerful men. In a hundred years, in fifty years, people are going to be just as mad about that as we are when we look back. We'd hope it would, but unfortunately, I think to some extent, because it's always been like grown into them, if that makes sense. So, and men have always been brought up. It's a bit like the whole situation with men can't cry, men can't do this, men can't do that, they can't show their emotions. So there's that side of it. So even though. Oops. Yeah, it's just the way that the generations have been brought up and we need to get out of the way that the generations have been brought up. We need the people to start going, you know what, you can do this, you can do that, you can speak out about this, you can speak up when you're upset and things like that, that all needs to change over time. But it isn't going to happen overnight, unfortunately, just because of the way we've all been brought up over the years. This is very true, but I, I feel like with every generation it's going to get better, like you know the, the this generation that's kind of up and coming now is so much less homophobic than than even my generation and so it, it can as as people raise better children it can only make the world a better place it's the unfortunate thing it's not going to be something that we can go you know what today everyone is going to stop being like this it's just not unfortunately going to happen and that's and also because the world's becoming more tolerant you you can at times forget that it's still there and then something will happen and you'll be like oh no no that's still there like I'm really lucky no one in my family is really bothered that I'm gay thankfully and then you'll be around somebody who is and it kind of smacks you in the face yeah you've told me a couple of stories of what's happened when you've been out and about and stuff and it's horrible because obviously like you're my sister so I've always grown up with you being um lesbian and it's never ever bothered me in the slightest so did you have any other questions for us no I don't believe I do I think you've answered everything I was curious about 
and probably every other person that's listened to your podcast is curious about. Hopefully. Probably learned a bit too much about it as well. Oh, yeah. So, well, thank you for joining us. It was fun. It definitely was. It was very interesting. <laughs> interesting good or interesting bad? It was interesting good because we learned a lot more about you and what you thought of like many things like we are actually sorry an insight into how you two felt about what you was writing about which was always good because obviously because it's all been written or in your podcast it's all very based on like everything you have written about not your emotions about what you've written about it's true that normally goes in text messages between the two of us oh yeah if we publish those people would lock us up so thank you very much for joining us i'm glad you had fun thank you for having me and it was fun. I'm sure we can uh, do it again sometime in the future. Just before you sign off, because your mum now listens to this, have you got a message for your mum? I love you loads, mum. And I'm sure you are enjoying your current holiday that you are on and that you are recovering well. So thanks to our special guest for the Q&A. So now for the roundup portion of our podcast, way back in May, which seems like hundreds of years ago, we looked at fact versus fiction. And so we had posts on Boudicca, Lady Godiva, Warrior Women and Pope Joan. What was your favourite part of that month or which story came alive for you? I mean, I've already mentioned it before, but the Warrior Women one for me was probably my favourite to to look into and write just because I got to mix so many different things together like the fact that I'm able to mix myth comics and real life history together was just perfect definitely one of the most interesting posts like from my perspective getting to read it you know I threw like Wonder Woman photos in there just especially for you yes are you saying I like looking at Wonder Woman obviously who doesn't took me a long time I was going through them and I was getting mad about the differences between the armour that's worn in Wonder Woman versus um, Batman versus Superman and um, and Justice League. So I was getting mad at that. It's amazing how different the armour is when a woman's directing it. Like if you look at what the Amazons wear in Justice League, which was obviously directed by a man, it's basically a bikini. If you look at the armour they wear in Wonder Woman, which was directed by Patty Jenkins... It's actually functional armour. Yeah. It's interesting when you like look into the Amazons themselves as well, because if you look at pots from ancient Greeks, a lot of the Amazons are actually wearing leggings. It's because they are on horseback. If you're on horseback for a long time, it's really uncomfortable. So it's interesting to see how you know we've gone from them being depicted wearing clothing that was... Battle appropriate. Yeah to what we see in film some of the pots do show them in the same like hot hot light armor so the same armor that the greeks wore but most of the time they wear armor that depicts them to be like any of the greek enemies at the time depending on who they were fighting i really enjoyed your lady godiva post. i love that because i was convinced that lady godiva was just made up so when i was like wait what she was a real person i was a bit that actually shocked me because I was sure she was just a myth. Yeah. I, I mean, her ride through Coventry was probably just a myth. But the fact she actually yeah. existed and was quite important surprised me. 
I don't know whether the fact that she was real surprised me the most or the fact that not only was she real, but she would have also had the power to change things anyway. It was more mm. surprising. I wasn't sure which one shocked me the most at the time. That's true. It's also kind of sad that's what she's remembered for. She's mm. remembered for a naked ride that didn't happen rather than all the good things she actually did. Yeah. Like, because apparently she was quite generous uh, with gifts and money and she was kind to her people. But we, we don't think of that. We, we think of a naked ride and it that makes me a little bit sad. I quite enjoyed the Pope Joan one as well. I, I know you were very angry by the fact that her baby just slipped out in the street. I giggled. I giggled about that. I <laughs> then sat there and thought, well, it's clear that that was written by a man. Because <laughs> that's just not happening. <laughs> Is that not how it happens? I wish. <laughs> Do you think Pope Joan existed? Because I tend to lean towards no. No. As much as I'd like to think maybe. but I'd love to think that she did. But no, I just think she would have got caught out far too quickly. I don't think she would have got as far as what she did. Especially because she had quite a few affairs. I feel like a spurned lover would have dropped a word in the ear of somebody long before she just had a baby in the street. Also important people tend to have, especially back then, you know, kings and queens had people that dressed them and wiped their behinds and, and things. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine there was much privacy when you were Pope. No. So then in June, oh, I'm dreading this part. <laughs> we we picked people with difficult names. So in June, we looked at ancient rulers, which has got to be one of my favourite months so far. I really enjoyed this month. Did you have something that really stood out to you? Or? I really enjoyed both of my posts. Who were they on again? Ed Cuffey and Queen Moramai. <laughs> But I really enjoyed your post on Sajja Outdoor. Yeah, she was amazing because she went from slave to sultana. Because I know you were going to leave her in your crusade post. But I'm really glad that you didn't. I'm really glad that you saved it. Yeah, I, I am too, actually. I was a little bit... I think that's a bit like we were saying earlier, like about having so many women to write about. Sometimes you have to cut bits or stories but then you can come back to it later which makes it slightly less painful yeah but I really thought her story was quite miraculous and she was obviously quite smart yeah very smart which is not the first person that we've looked at that's gone from nothing to really high up we looked at Theodora yeah I often wonder um a little bit like with Shazar Elder and and my women in crusades post so I watched Hamilton recently for the first time and there's a line in it where one of the characters says, I wish there was a war so I could prove that, prove, basically prove what I am, that I'm more than just a nobody. So I often wonder if women like Eleanor of Aquitaine and, and Margaret of Provence, if those women would have risen to such prominence had there, there not been this ongoing conflict, if things had just been normal for lack of a better term would we know who they were probably not they probably just would have sat as being wives Mm, and mothers it's amazing to think really it's amazing to think how many people have been lost to history because 
nothing remarkable happened. Like, I guess, Winifred Maxwell, I know we've said this a few times, but had she not helped her husband escape from the Tower of London, we wouldn't know anything about her. She might just be a footnote as the wife of somebody executed in a Jacobite rebellion. I really enjoyed your post on Edgarfu because she links with Ethelred, doesn't she? They're related somewhere along the lines. I can't remember exactly where. She is the wife of Ethelred's brother. That's right. Her story is interesting because, not because she did anything amazing, but because she became this matriarch of her family. So she was just brought in as a wife because she had land. And so she wasn't really that important when her husband was around. But it's when her son and then her grandsons became involved that she then got more standing. I think that's really interesting to see how a woman at the time could wield their power. They didn't really have power unless they were the mother of someone important or the grandmother of someone important. And then to see how they kind of used what they had to influence people. I mean, the fact that she is on charters above Bishop is crazy to think about when you look back and see that women normally weren't even included. It's a bit of like Ethelfed. Um, the, the fact that her husband was quite happy to co-rule with her and then although her brother made her concede some of her lands because he was a bit worried that her popularity would overtake his he was quite happy to work cohesively with her and they actually formed a really good team maybe more male rulers should have done that and then so this month obviously a complete time jump we are looking at women in crime and I feel like this probably won't be a spoiler because this might this will probably come out after your post has gone live. Probably, do you reckon? Yeah. yeah. So your post on Jolly Jane Toplin really stuck in my brain because she could give no reason for her killings, and I like I know it sounds silly, but if somebody's got a motive, it makes it easier to understand the crime. Maybe. Yeah, she just said that she felt. Like that need that she needed to kill someone and then she felt okay. As you do. But that's probably more scary than having a, a reason, you know, like money or revenge. I think it's because we can kind of put that in our brain and, you know, rationalise it a little bit more if we have an actual reason for them doing it. Yeah. I think that goes the same for Elizabeth Halliday as well. Yeah. I mean... She had six husbands. Six. <laughs> I still can't believe the one that went back to her after she murdered his son and burnt his house, barn and mill down. Yeah, and then she killed him anyway. I know. For her first husband that she tried to kill, her excuse was that he had said that his first wife had killed by punching her. But I couldn't find anyone that confirmed that that happened so a bit like how she said the gang made her what mm. no evidence to say that any of that happened whether or not it's a case of she was just trying to make herself look better or if it's just a case of reporters didn't want to look into it because they had this really horrible woman i mean reporters literally called her the worst woman in the world they do love their sensationalism mm-hmm. well they thought she was jack the ripper yeah i loved her quote to that i think that's the thing we because with the exception of Edith Smith, all the women on our list, I, I actually, and Lizzie Borden, I don't 
because she was acquitted, we can't equivocally say she killed her parents. Mm. But they all took a life. Um, Ruth Ellis obviously shot her boyfriend, who had a history of being abusive, and she did very little to aid her own defence. Yeah. So the thing is, they all killed, but I have sympathy for Ruth Ellis, whereas Jane and Elizabeth, not so much. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. I mean, when you look at Lizzie Halliday, when you look through her life, she clearly had signs from a young age and wasn't right. She had really violent tendencies with her family from being a kid. And I don't think that was just from living in a poor area or you know, being from a big family and having to kind of get out there. But the people that she married were all older than her. You know, a couple of them were like retirement age and she gave the interview when she was arrested at the age of 28. So <clears throat> clearly there was some form of issue, whether it was that she felt like she was missing out on something and that's why she then went with older men or there was something not quite right and that's why she was violent. Because didn't she stab a nurse to death when the nurse said she was leaving? Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do see what you're saying. There's definitely, that's the thing. I think mental health issues weren't as explored. Like we we talked about this between ourselves when we looked at the Ruth Ellis case. Mental health wasn't as advanced then, obviously, as it is now. Even like with Ruth Ellis's case, I think if you looked at her case, Ruth Ellis's case with modern eyes, you'd say, okay, that's clearly battered woman syndrome. So here's a question for you. We've gone through each of these as, as the women, with the exception, obviously, of Edith Smith, because even Lizzie Borden, I think most people conclude that she's killed. she killed her parents, although I have my doubts because a lot of the evidence, when you read first, like, when you look at it quickly, it, she looks guilty, but then when you read more in-depth, you're like, oh, wait, that maybe doesn't add up. But if they were men, would we have the same feelings of sympathy? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm just saying... If a man shot his ex-lover dead, we wouldn't be sympathetic. No. You know, Elizabeth Halliday's crimes, you know, there are male equivalents. And um, I am a feminist through and through, but I think if we're going to be truly equal, we have to judge both the same. Yeah. I think this is why I really enjoy looking into the psychology of people that kill, mm -hmm. just because I like to look into their reasoning. Because I think, because they say, don't they, anybody in the right situation, anyone could kill. Like, yeah. if somebody was hurting my family or had hurt my family, I, I think I could quite easily snap. Or, you know, you hear about somebody who comes home and finds their spouse in bed with somebody else and they just snap. Yeah. Or in, so there's something in our brains, obviously, that stops us. But some people don't have that. It's interesting to know what that is. That's the thing. We sometimes you read the news and you see, oh, somebody's killed somebody, and, and you're like, oh, and you you get angry that a life's been taken, but then you realise that the the person who did it has got mental health issues. I'm not saying in every case, no, oh, but I think I think sometimes that gets buried in the sensationalism of it. Yeah, I, I recently watched a TED talk with um, the mother of one of the Colum Columbine shooters mm. her son was one of them and i found it really interesting because you don't when you consider the people who lost their children you don't really think about her 
you, you think about his victims. But I found her story really interesting. Um, and if anyone's interested, let us know on social media and I'll, I'll find the link. But her son was depressed. And nobody, she blames herself because she didn't notice. And I think sometimes we forget that boys can be just as depressed as girls. But that yeah. that wasn't why he did it. Yes, he was. his depression was one part of it, but the other part was he met up with somebody who wanted to kill. And those two things, so it's never just one thing, I think is what I'm trying to say. But murder is always wrong. And we should consider the victims in every case, really, more than the killers, which was the whole point of our Whitechapel murder podcast. As always, we would love to hear from you. Uh, We'd love to know what you've enjoyed. And if you have any questions about us, the blog, any particular podcasts, we'd also love to hear that. And also, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast like Gemma's sister was today, you can get in contact with us on social media or via our website. There's a little contact form on there for you. If you want to get our attention, gifts are generally something nerdy. (laughs) Something nerdy. I wrote something nerdy. (laughs) So in August, we are going to be very busy because we have four posts. Our theme next month is going to be uh, pirates. So we have four posts on that. I'm very excited. You literally bought a huge pirate flag. I didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be little and it takes up a whole wall. I mean, I'm not sad about it. We also have so we have two historic housewife posts, the first of which will look at the custom of telling the bees when somebody in the house has died. Um, we also have five social media posts coming out, which are going to look at some of our favourite female artists. So yeah, we have a tangent podcast on women who dig. Prepare yourself for lots of puns. I've been working on them. Our After Dark series is going to be two feature length podcasts, the first of which is going to look at curses, which I'm very excited for. And the second is going to look at religious relics. Which I'm excited for. It's going to be good. So the two podcasts will be accompanied by what we've affectionately named our research and resource tome, because that tends to be quite long. I think the one for the Whitechapel murders was 40 pages. Mm -hmm. And that was after we'd cut it down from about 60, I think it was at one point. Mostly we just made the font smaller. It's the same amount of information. (laughs) But that will also include all of the books, articles, podcasts that we've listened to. So if you listen to our After Dark and you enjoy it, make sure you check that out. So all in all, we're going to be quite busy. And that's obviously not including the social media posts and things we'll put out randomly as we go through the month. Recently, we put out on social media that we joined Patreon. Patreon allows people to donate monthly a small amount of money to help us keep going so we do a lot of work obviously as you can see we have a lot of things happening and going out and we aren't paid to do this and we'd quite like to be paid to do this and then not have to do other jobs because that would be more fun yes so with patreon we have a few different levels and you can get to the link to our patreon from our website if you want to go over there and you're able to support us that would mean a lot to us You'll get things, early access or things that other people won't get hold of as bonus material. And we've got bonus podcasts planned. We've got live streams planned. Um, We have merchandise planned. But obviously we need support to be able to to get to that stage. So there will be 
there are lots of rewards now but there will be more as well as we move forward but we both know it's not an easy time for a lot of people right now so if something comes up and it's patron only but you're really interested in it do get in touch and if we can we'll make it available to you um because we're nice like that we have been poor students yes we understand the struggle definitely and we, we don't want to exclude anyone because we wouldn't have got this far if it hadn't been for everyone's support so there are other ways you can support us if you if you can't do so on patreon uh share our posts retweet our things leave us good reviews on apple download our podcast and, and get other people to download it all of those things help and we enjoy putting the content out so it's, it's it, sometimes it's just nice to see somebody else enjoy it it can help on a long day we've had a fair few of the long days when it feels like we have so much to do to get content out so just having a couple of nice words really does help absolutely so as well as everything we've told you about we also intend to put some downloadable materials together for our website at some point in the near future and we have videos planned so if you want to support us we'd be more than grateful and it is only a couple of pounds a month just picture a live stream with us it's going to be a disaster well that's what we said we said if we um our, our first goal is a hundred pounds a month and we will do a live stream cocktail hour we've already said that we're making it dress out oh yeah it's themed i'm gonna get a pirate hat mm-hmm. i've said i'm gonna go full valkyrie so if for nothing else just just support for that because that's gonna be a train wreck that you're not gonna want to miss exactly and i don't like hats but i will wear a helmet especially <laughs> also it, it, you know uh, patreon allows you to vote on upcoming topics so i mean you could let us know on social media like do you want more nerdy podcasts do you want more historical podcasts is there something you think we should be looking at but we haven't or something we should be talking about and haven't recommendations about who you want blog posts on also helps absolutely would you like to come on our podcast or write a blog post we are open to these things we want to create no we cannot pay but we'd like to create a community where information is shared and people are supported we hope you enjoyed this uh this podcast and we intend to put some more together for you uh roundup podcast will probably come every three months at least that's our aim but as you heard we have an awful lot of content to get through so don't hold us to that yeah it <laughs> might be you know like or something. <laughs> i mean i think october will probably do one because we'd have been going a year then cool that's true we can have a special year one Ooh, yeah that'll be good i think that's all we have to ramble on about this time so as always make sure to take care of yourselves and each other <laughs>